0: the truth the whole truth and nothing but the truth so help myself (laughs) because there's no one like you you are in a class all by yourself and we come to worship you lord we come to acknowledge you as god we come to acknowledge you as good we come to acknowledge you as great We come to acknowledge you as gracious we come to acknowledge you as glorious lord we come to acknowledge you as king of kings and lord of lords the only wise god be glory majesty dominion and power both now and forever hallelujah praise your name for it lord right now in the name of jesus now say this with me heavenly father Your word says, if I lack wisdom, I should ask you, in faith, without wavering, and that you would give it liberally, without fault finding. I ask now for that wisdom, and I believe that I receive it. And I say with my Lord Jesus, that it must be about my father's business. Thank you. For giving me your insight into my kingdom success. In Jesus' name, I pray, expecting, Amen. Now say this with me I am a believer of the Word of God, I am an epistle of the Spirit of God, I am a disciple of my man of God, I am a finder of the destiny path of God for my life. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Just want to acknowledge those of you that are watching with me on uh, Facebook Live and also on YouTube channel, please, we have all the ways for you to connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. So please take the time it takes to do that. Um, I really would encourage you um, as I encourage the people here, you know, we, we have a kind of parallel series going on, but they're separate and different what we do here on Sunday versus what we do on Tuesday. Um, If you weren't here on Tuesday, you need to watch that video. I'm just saying the things we talked about, about the new Jerusalem and how important it is to what we do today is something that you just need to know. These are things that are true and we, we, we trust them from a, a sense of going to heaven, but we don't access them to make heaven come to us right now. And so that's the kind of thing that we are challenging you to do so please take the time to do that we're continuing on with our unleashing the increase of faith series and I'm certain you're going to be blessed today all right all right hallelujah well praise God we're back again with unleashing the increase of faith I'm really today this is a summary lesson so there's not a bunch of new material but I just want to summarize this material today because when we come out of our series today, um, this series is actually in two parts. The first part being unleashing the increase of faith. The second part of this same series is experiencing increase through faith, okay? So the first part just helped you understand what faith is, how the tool works, right? So it, it would be the same thing as if, I took you into um, a mechanic's shop, and then I said, this is a hammer. This is the, this is what a hammer does. This is how it's used. This is how you use it the right way. This is how you don't use it, all right? This is the kind of problems that it solves, but I still haven't started to build on anything yet, all right? And so in the second part of the series, now we're going to start to deal with um, – you know, experiencing increase in specific areas. How do I apply faith to my areas of family situations? How do I apply faith to my financial situations? Now, applying faith to family and finances are different, right? Um, I I can get healed by myself but usually financial things don't happen with heaven opening up and then dollar bills raining down on my head. I know we say he's opening up the windows of heaven and there's scripture to that, but we've taken that scripture to believe that because they're open, that somehow I'm, you know, I'm cloudy with a chance of hundred dollar bills, you know, cloudy with a chance of Benjamin's all raining down on me. And that's the picture that people have had. And so they haven't, they haven't understood that you can be confessing you know that my God me all my knees according to his riches by and glory by Christ Jesus but that text in its context was talking to people who were giving and so if you you cannot receive in promise what you deny in principle okay and so so that's a whole nother area, and it has a certain set of rules that go with it. That if you violate those rules, I don't care how much you confess it, it's not working. All right. So, when we will be dealing with areas like that, we're going to be dealing with healing. I am asking God, listen, 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 listen. Your pastor is asking God for some documented medical miracles in my church. Okay. So some of you, I'm gonna come, we're gonna have a time when you come and um, we're gonna put the camera in front of you because we wanna record the before picture so that when the after come, we can say we got evidence. This wasn't, we wasn't just plaking. This was the real deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I believe like that. Pastor David, well, don't get their hopes up. If they don't get their hope up, it won't work. like I'm 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 pulling y'all I'm pulling you you understand what I'm saying I'm believing you know Dr. Banks was here he challenged us to go in deliverance ministry you know um Dr. Barkley has been had, had had given a prophecy to me when I was over in um Kingdom of Heaven both me and to then to to Minister Antoine Brown that God was going to move both of us in deliverance ministry and I hadn't really done nothing with that but when you know certain things have been prompted then you got to go back and say okay god you this ain't the first time I've heard that all right so then i got another witness that says okay all right so I, I, i'm believing that this will be a church when people say oh no no i'm 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 addicted to opioids okay you got a, we got a place to come for you yeah yeah because we're going to experience increase through the faith process All right. So I want you to understand that. And then we're going to also talk about, um, ministry breakthrough and growth. We're going to release our faith together to grow this church. We're going to put our faith together. All right. Now I told you that there's a certain regimen that I have of prayer and I'm praying for you personally, you know, uh, all right pastor's not upset right but some of y'all didn't take that thing that i said when i said write your prayer goes down some of y'all didn't really take the amount of time that you needed to because i've been praying over that stuff okay and if all you gave me was a little bit to work with i just prayed over your little bit now i ain't mad at you i'm just saying whatever you gave me to pray about i'm praying about And if you didn't take the time to take that seriously, then you you understand what I'm saying? It's like the guy who worked for me and said, I just need a raise. And I said, how much you need? I just need a raise. And I gave him a quarter and told him to go back to work. If all you needed was a raise and you don't have an amount, then I just exceeded your expectations. And so sometimes we haven't, we, we, we haven't taken those kind of things seriously. So I'm praying for you personally but I'm also praying for this church corporately. And just like I'm bringing my faith alongside you, I'm challenging you and we'll be challenging you to bring your faith alongside me to move the ministry forward. I, 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 we, need, we need a 10 times move. Now, I, we, but God I can do a thousand. Listen, 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 listen. Listen, 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 listen. Everybody want to go from zero to zillions overnight. Okay. Lord, just fill this church. If I had 10 times as many people, this this place would be packed. Okay. So now can God do it? Yeah, he, he could have a million people show up tomorrow. He could. All right. But usually you hit Goliath and take him out. excuse me, you you take the lion out and then you graduate to the bear and then you graduate to Goliath. All right. So I'm just trying to put some parameters around it that within the realm that I can stretch my faith for and believe. All right. And I'm asking God, okay, Lord, have I put as much as you want me to put in this building versus for before I look for something else? Now, I understand that we're putting resources in here. We might not be able to get out. Okay. Now, you believe for somebody to do stuff for you, right? right. We believe that people are going to do stuff for us that we didn't. like. Our house was so put together when we got it that we didn't have to do any real interior decorating. Okay, now everybody wanted to receive that, but nobody want to sow it. That's right. That's right. Like everybody believing for supernatural can de- debt cancellation, but they don't want to cancel nobody' debt that owe them money. That's right. That's right. See, everybody want to reap a harvest where they don't have no seed. That's right. That's right. That's right. So I understand that I'm doing things here. I might not be able to get it all out. But I'm not looking to get it all out from them. I'm looking to God. Whatsoever good any man does, that's saying that he shall receive, not from the people he did it to, but from the Lord. All right? So I'm really challenging you as we we begin this shift. We're just going to do some summary teaching. This is not new. There's a little bit at the end that's new, but it's really not a lot of new stuff. And even the piece at the end is just you need to live holy. Now, you already know that. So there's some nuances in it, but it's not like you're going to come up with something new. I just want to make sure you got it because the 201 class assumes you already know what's in 101. So when I go on to 201, I'm going to assume that certain things you already got. And I'm not going to have time to go back and do it. So I need you to get it and know that you got it. Okay. So let's just make sure we go through this. I'm going to remind you of things that we've talked about. Just make sure we got it so that when we start going into these things, it's going to assume you already know this stuff that we've been teaching about over the last few months. Is that okay? All right, let's dig into it. Hallelujah. Again, our series objectives have been to review and elaborate on the basics, understanding of force of faith, how it works and doesn't work, and walking by faith. And how it doesn't work, the Lord's telling me that there's a couple stories of how it didn't work that I need to tell you today. So those stories are not... Those are not filler. God wants me to tell you when it didn't work and what I did wrong, all right? Two, to encourage you to examine faith and how you use it. We talked about that one. Three, to enlighten the levels of faith and then encourage you to to be self-examining. Four, to eliminate power keys and principles that I've learned and then to embolden you. This is the one that we're really, this is the bridge objective that we're talking about, to embolden you to release your faith for the illogical, inconceivable and what is naturally impossible. I mean, the Lord told me something in worship when I was at Jubilee that I don't even know, I don't, like, it's so big, I don't even know what to do with it right now. But all he said was to believe me for it. Okay, then I'm going to start the process. I don't. When I get past the ask, believe, and confess, I don't know what to do next. It's so big, I don't even know what step to take. So I'm just going back to the ask, believe, confess, because I don't know what else to do. Other than when I, when, I shared, when I shared it with Bishop um, Thompson, he said, well, you just need confirmation. So Lord, I'm asking you for a second witness. I don't know what else to do with this one. It's so big. I don't even know how to take steps to move in that direction. All right. And so, um, but we're, we're learning to release our faith for illogical, inconceivable, what is, and what is naturally impossible such that God is free to move in amazing ways, to bring his purpose to pass in your situation. So God may begin to start to challenge you as you're in this process. See, um, you need to hear the voice behind the voice. You're not just here listening to me. There's another voice that you're listening to in my voice. All right. Now I may be talking about this and right in the middle of the message, he interrupts what I'm saying and starts to have another conversation with you. All right. Go with him. I'll still be here when you get back. Because he may be answering something that I am not, you, you understand what I'm saying? Jesus Jesus asked Peter, he said, um, who do men say I am? And he said, you know, some say you're Elijah, John the Baptist, one, Jeremiah, one of the prophets. Um, but who do you say I am? He said, um, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. And then he said, flesh and blood did not reveal this to you. Right, You know I'm telling you the truth. But my father in heaven, when Jesus said flesh and blood didn't reveal it, Jesus was in flesh and blood. So what he was saying is, I've been talking to you, but when I talk to you, another voice came and told you something that I didn't even say out of my own mouth. All right? So when you, that's why I always have a journal with me. I, I, I don't go nowhere without some ability to write something down. And if I can't get to my journal quick enough, I'm going to get to my phone and put my recorder and record an audio note. Because it's very, very important. It's very, very important that um, I get, that That when God talks, he doesn't have to tell me a second time. Because if I just trust my memory, you know, this remember my statement that the, um, The dullest pencil is better than the sharpest mind. If if, if I trust my memory, then, like, if I hadn't wrote that thing down right in that moment, I wouldn't even believe it now. I had to go back and say, no, devil, it is written. Now, it wasn't written in scripture, it was written in my notes, but I heard God say it, and I wrote it down when he said it, so so the devil couldn't play with my mind afterward and say, well, he really didn't mean that. No, no, it's too late, I wrote it down. It's too late. I can't can't change it now. I heard him, and when I heard him, I wrote. All right? Now, that's a power key, y'all. I'm (laughs) having some way to capture truth that God is speaking to you. That's a real power key of your faith walk. Right? Don't, don't rush past that. Yeah. yeah I am remember, right. You're like, you have a dream and then you don't want to get up in the middle of the night and write it down. Cause you, you know, you sleeping real good and you don't want to disturb your sleep. I'm going to remember it in the morning and then morning, what was that? What was that thing? I was, what was that? Okay. See, God reserves, because he's God, he reserves the right to tell you once and not tell you a second time. And so you have to have a system by which you document the things he tells you. Now, now I'm telling you, that stuff I done lost, I'd I be praying like, God, Jesus, bring it back to me, Lord. Jesus, Holy Ghost, bring it back. So when, when when Pastor Tony talked about, you know, stuff you done lost and you go all the way back to the beginning and bring, oh, Lord, that was, thank you, Jesus. Yeah. That was a real thank you, Jesus, for me. I'm just telling you that was a real thing because I don't, there's things that, and it wasn't stuff. It was word from God. That's right. And I'm saying, God, I need that back. I need that back. All right. And so um, we're just believing God that he's going to give us these kinds of revelations and truths that enable us to do the things he's called us to do. Now, Hebrews 11:1 has been our scripture Real um, common passage of scripture, but just want to remember it. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now we spent significant time dealing with the fact that hope is a blueprint and and that uh, faith gives building materials to a blueprint. And so if your hope is down, if you don't have a picture of God doing it, then faith can only come to what you hope for. So Lazarus only hoped for crumbs. And because he only hoped for crumbs, that's all God can manifest in his situation. And so I always challenge people, listen, now I may not jump out and get it right now, but just because I don't jump out and get it right now, that doesn't, I don't make what I can actually walk in the limit of what I desire. Where I am and what's manifestation is what's in manifestation. Okay. But I can still keep desiring what what the devil tells you to do is don't put your hopes up because you've been hurt before. Right. The last time I tried it and it didn't work. And the faith process assumes that you're going to have just like a baby. You know, we're looking at this beautiful baby. When that baby start walking, that baby's going to fall and we're not going to we're not going to bring them. Parents are not gonna bring them to the altar and ask me to lay hands because the baby done not fail. That's part of the process. All right. That's, right. That's part of the process. So, the same thing is true in your walk of faith. Having times where you miss it is part of the process. Ain't nothing wrong with you. Okay, but what he tells you to do because you had some failures, he wants you to get your hope down to where you just believe, since you've failed, that you need to crawl from here on out. That's what he's trying to get you to do. And I don't care how many times it didn't work, no, I'm going to keep believing. I'm going to keep believing. I'm going to keep my hope up, even if I've never got it to work. Even if I find a promise in scripture. Even if I know a lot of people who it didn't work for. I know Johnny tried it and Sally tried it and it didn't work for them. Why do you think you're different? I'm different because I'm sticking with the process. They made a kept. They made a start crawling. I'm not going to crawl. I'm going to walk one day. All right. So we talked about. The importance of you having, um, of of receiving preaching because faith comes by hearing and how can they hear except there be a preacher and how can one preach except they be sent, right? So having, um, like, I said it, I said it on TV and it was so strong and it wasn't like he was trying to, you know, soft, you know, correct me or anything, but I understood why he did what he did. But I said it when I was on TCT with Apostle Brown. I said, I understand that the riches of my people is tied to my mouth. The Lord is rich to those who call upon him. But how can they call on him in whom they believe? If they haven't, how can they believe on him in whom they not heard? How can they hear except there be a preacher? How can one preach except he be sent? I understood that that riches starts out in my mouth. That's why I'm very audacious and I'm very disciplined. That's why I'm saying certain stuff. Like, I'm gonna tell you one story. Um, And I just say these things because I want to put them out there. There was... um. You know, I went to when I was in Korea. I went to uh, a church that that has the church itself has um, they say about a hundred thousand members in it, and um, they run s- about five to seven services on a Sunday, twenty thousand apiece. And I went to an all night prayer meeting at that church, and it was twenty thousand, right? And um, I was I would start to follow this man's ministry. His name is paul youngy cho sometimes goes by david youngy cho and um he was telling the story in the notes that i read about um a woman who had a mastectomy and her natural breast grew back the doctor's like uh i ain't trying to feel on you but can i touch them <laughs> <laughs> Now, Pastor David, why you say this stuff? Because faith comes by hearing. I don't want, listen, we serve a miraculous God. I'm just saying, y'all, like, let's, wh- why, why not stretch out and believe for stuff? If, if you got a supernatural God, why do you only believe for natural stuff? That's my statement. Let's just stretch it. Let's just stretch it. Why not? Why not stretch your faith to believe? Right. That's why I tell people, listen, I know what happened to African-American men when they get old. But I tell them, you know, Abraham found his blessing was better than Viagra, Cialis and Levitra. Now, if you don't want that part of the promise, don't be mad if I do. Don't be mad at me. I want whatever God, if it, if he didn't want it, if he didn't want to put it in, the, if he didn't want me to believe for it, he shouldn't have put it in the Bible. He shouldn't have put that in the word. If he didn't want me stretching my faith for it, listen, he put it in the word. I'm just, I'm, I talk to all my members and say, y'all keep working. Now don't be mad at me. You know, I, I got a partner here. Everything I'm doing, I'm doing at home but I'm stretching my faith. It's in the word. It's in the Bible. I didn't go to the devil and find it. I found it in the book that God gave me. So all I'm telling you is, is don't put your hope down when he gives you something that helps you to raise your hope up. But it is, it is very important that your hope be based in the covenant promises because of things that God promised you. I told you the story how my nephew, Apostle, was teaching about faith. And he said, I believe, I believe that uncle is going to buy me a car. And of course, he said it where uncle could hear him. <laughs> As if he was the preacher and faith was going to come to me because he preached it to me. But faith only comes from hearing the word of God. God didn't promise him that uncle would buy him that car and God and uncle didn't promise him neither. So I felt no, no obligation to move on that because I never promised it. And because God never promised it. God didn't have an obligation. Now he could have said, I'm believing God for a car. Now, Elsa dad, you know Elsa die, Elsa dad. That dad would have would have brought he has the resources to do that. But I'm not him. <laughs> okay? And so you want to make sure that you don't when you when you're stretching your faith that you're not stretching out for stuff that God didn't promise. All right? Um so let me tell you another story about that. You know, I I told you um and and one of the voices you heard, that, uh, the videos that you, you heard, was um, of my covenant brother, uh, John Grooms, during my uh, honor to gift celebration, right? There was a video of him and his wife. And um, he both spoke about it here um, in the video, but I know the reference, so I understood what he was talking about, and you didn't. He also. If you have one of my ordination books, refer to it there. So I want to tell you a story about when it didn't work and we fell down. Okay? This is not a story that worked, this is one that was broke. And uh, so we were believing God. You know, um, when I got out of school, I didn't apply to MIT on time. I actually applied after the final application day because I didn't believe that God could do it for me. And because I didn't believe that he could, I didn't even go through the process to apply. But then I took a visit out there, and I'm like, man, God, you might be wanting to do something with me here. So after all the dates of application, then I applied. After the deadline had already closed. You know, some of y'all may have to believe for stuff. I mean, like, listen, I don't recommend this. Don't say I'm gonna just be late and apply. I'm just telling you I did because I didn't have enough hope to believe that he could do MIT from little old me. But I did, and then I started to set my faith. And I had scripture. I had scripture in Daniel one, where you know God took Daniel there and um, made him ten times better, and he gave him all his wisdom then I start to set my faith I had my scriptures I was doing my thing now apostle was reading Daniel and she was seeing Daniel in the lion's den in Babylon and all that other stuff but that was what what I was for. I had to have my own faith I'm walking my own steps out right and um, and so we went there and then um, uh, so I went, I went in April, I applied after the deadline, and I said, and they, they, they God gave all kinds of favor, opened all kinds of doors, even though I was 100% late, they, they accepted my application, and then I got accepted. And between, between my freshman year, between my senior year in high school and freshman year, they had, a, they had like a six-week program that they, where, where you go through to help minority students prepare to come to the school. And uh, went through some things in that program, um, you know, all of, all of you at MIT had to, to go through because there was one, one um, alumni or student that, that drowned, um, his parents gave a lot of money and said every student either has to go through be able to swim or go through like swimming class. So we took the swimming class in the summer and then my friend John and him could swim and me and this girl was on the sideline who couldn't swim and she pushed me into the pool in the deep end. And it was an Olympic size pool. So I'm reacting like, oh my God, what, what am I gonna do? Because I'm going in the air and then I see, you know, the Olympic sized pools have rolls and bars between them, right? And so I stretched out to grab the the rope, so i didn't go down because it was too deep god saved my life i was hot john and them they they came for her they threw her stuff in the in the pool they threw her stuff i didn't fight her they fought my battles for me i left her alone <laughs> and so we were going through these classes in the summer and stuff and each class had to have a project and so um, we we created a mechanical hand, but me and John me it was me, John, my other boys Barry and Carlos. We, these were my boys. This is my crew, my peeps. So they were doing the mechanical parts, and we were part we were doing the controls. But John and I had heard some word from God. We was like, we we gonna do something just magnificent. No scripture to it, just us. No study, no physics, no engineering. And so what we said, what we was going to do is, during this summer program, we were going to come up with the system where we were going to control this thing through mind control. Now, I, I see y'all laughing. Y'all laughing. I hear, I hear your laughter. All right? And so what we did was, what we did was, we said we're going to have this circuit board, and we we are laying these circuits, Charles, by faith. Okay, so I think this, this circuit should go, this resistor should go here. In Jesus' name, this transistor should go there. So at the end, when everybody has to present their projects, and then we, like all the other people, have to present our projects too. Now, we have done this. This thing like there's a mechanical hand, there's a circuit board, and then there was these two leads. And so we hadn't tried nothing out. <laughs> we get there, we, everybody's going through their project. We go through our project, they, they, we do the technical description, we describe it, and then John gets up there and begins to talk about how, you know, this is the mechanic, you know, this is the hand, and this is the controls piece. So he then takes the leads. And puts them on my head right here. <laughs> and so right there in the class, I'm trying to wheel the thing to the hand to move. <laughs> now the circuit board is sparking and stuff because we don't know. We, we, there's no, there's no studying. there's no science, there's no engineering in it. my friend drew he was hot he he could have if he would he would have swung on me if i'd have got in his face right there and we we tight to this day but oh my goodness now we believed you couldn't have told us that it wasn't gonna work we we had all the faith that we could in the world the problem is that Daniel 1 works because they studied. There was no study in what we were doing. We just thought God was going to give it to us by osmosis. There's no scripture that supports that. I didn't know that. I mean, we were so embarrassed. We stayed in our room for a whole week. We didn't even come outside. <laughs> we, <laughs> we, we just... Oh, we were the stock. oh my goodness. Oh, they talked about that. I really want to go find the videotape because it was recording so I could burn that thing, right? <laughs> Somewhere at MIT, there's some dark files with my name on them. I wish I could get rid of them, oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah, foolishness, and Presumption. That's what, that's what Fred Price called it. Now, why am I telling y'all all of this? Because the Lord want me to tell you what didn't work. He also want me to tell you that you can do all of the right things, but get something wrong and the whole thing fail. I could have came out of that and stopped applying my faith for God to make me the engineer that he was intending to make me. Praise God. I didn't stop. You understand what I'm saying? So I just want you to understand that you can't, you got to watch how you are applying faith. That's why, Pastor David, why are you taking all this time? That's why I'm taking all of this time, because I don't want people to get it almost right and get it wrong, and then they throw the whole faith thing away saying it didn't work because I did something crazy when it was your craziness, not the faith that was the problem, all right? Faith, we gave you some definitions about believing without sense from evidence, agreeing and acting on divine promises to the power those promises are displayed in open operation, agreeing with the truth of God's word till it changes your situation. We talked about faith being trust. We talked about faith is the ability to believe that desirable things which you hope for actually already exist. And we gave you the example last week about um, faith being this thing of um you have a check, it's in your account, it's deposited on, directly deposited on a certain day. You might not have any money on you, but you still got paid so you know that you got money even if it's not on your person. So faith says that those things exist and are already mine even if they haven't changed what's happening in my on my person right now, all right? Then we said that faith is the process, equipment, and lifestyle provided by God where the believer through a process of biblical belief, confession, corresponding action, and expectation. That's a little nuance there. Because you got to believe, you got to confess, you got to act, and you got to stay in expectation. Like you, you know, your healing may not manifest the first day, but you you get up every day saying, Today just today is my day. And then you get up tomorrow saying, today is my day again. And then you get up tomorrow saying, man, how long are you going to keep saying that until you stay in your expectation? Don't, don't let the enemy take you away from your expectation. It's been going a long time. Listen, I'm in this forever, so I'm going to keep confessing. You know, there are some things that Lady Nedra and I have been believing for. Some of it's already manifested. Some of it manifested real quick. Some of it we still are believing for. If we let ourselves get frustrated in the process, some stuff we would get mad with God, and then we would be like the people who have all of this stuff working right and then getting mad about the one thing that hasn't worked right yet. And I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to spend all my time focused on what hasn't manifested and ignoring what has. That makes you ungrateful. That's right. In the middle of stuff that's working, you focus on the thing that haven't worked yet. As if because it hasn't worked yet, you're thinking it's never going, not going to work ever. Yes. And so you, you stay with it. You keep your expectation up. Man, yeah, that, yeah, that's some tension. You live with a level of managed tension between what you have now and what you are believing for, and you got to be okay with the tension. Man, it would be easier to give, just give up. Yeah, it would be easier. It wouldn't be better, but it would be easier. You're right. It would be easier, but easier is not better. I'm a better person when I'm believing for something than when I'm not. I live better. I work better. I think better. When I just let it all hang out, then I'm just, right? It's just like you ever, ever had a fast you was on, and then then you, then you all of a sudden you make a mistake and eat something, and the devil just say, well, you should just eat everything now that you done ate something. And then all of a sudden you start gorging on stuff, And then you go even worse than where you were before you started fasting? Or am I the only one that done done stuff like that? Okay? What I'm telling you is when you are in faith, you are better. You are a better you. That's why we said unleashing the increase of faith. Even when you don't have manifestation, you are a better you when you are in faith. You are better. Even if it hasn't manifested yet. You are still a better you when you believe in for something than when you don't. Cause then when you don't, you just say, well, let's just eat, eat and drink today. Cause tomorrow we die. And then you just let it all hang out and then you get worse, not better. That's why it's so important for you to keep staying in faith. All right. So we said belief, confession, corresponding asking, and expectation. We receive God's grace, presses, promises, pursuit, empowerments and world overcoming quantities in spite of opposition, situations, and setbacks enabling Heaven's influence to interrupt and overpower Earth's problems. Then, um, we said that uh, faith is my unfair, sustainable, competitive advantage over the world, all right? That's an important one, Um, but you got to do it at your own level, right? Um, Like I told you how I could, I laid hands on myself and believe that my wisdom teeth would stop hurting. And it did all the way for a whole month and a half for me to get through school and get to to my summer job where I could get insurance and get the teeth taken care of. Now, if you could believe for that, why couldn't I just believe for the wisdom teeth to never hurt me ever, ever again? I I didn't have enough faith, but I could believe that if I laid hands on myself, that God would would stop the pain. And he did. That was my measure. I didn't try to go beyond my measure. When I was in school, when I was with Bishop um, Thompson, when he was in a hotel, he was working on his building stuff, and I would take scholarship money and sow it in offerings, didn't I, Apostle? And she was like, Lord, what are we going to do? But she never stopped my faith. She never stopped me. Well, and then I'm sawing the scene and he was like, and he's, I told him this stuff. Now I wouldn't have recommended you do that, but it was my face. I I was hearing God and believing, you know, and then apostle had to g- get an agreement because she could have been like, boy, what's wrong with you? Cause she, Yeah. Because she was Elsa mom. She had to help me. After I done did that, she had to help me close the gap. Yes, she did. But listen, listen. When I left MIT, and I was only really um, a year and a half into it, I never took a student loan again. And. I would sew in the summertime and then I would sew and I had to help take care of the family and then I'd go to the financial aid department. What did you do with your money? This is how much I gave to the church. I won't go lie. This is what I did for my family and this is what I got left. Now, what can you do for me? (laughs) And then I got a GM scholarship But my GM scholarship said that I had to have a 3.2. Now, there was nothing wrong with the 3.2. The problem was that all of my easy classes were at MIT and the credits transferred, but the grades didn't. So now I'm in my engine, Charles, I'm in my engineering classes. And all my easy classes, I had a 3.4 grade point average at MIT, but none of it transferred. Just the credits, not the grades. Woo! That you feel me, don't you? Oh Lord. You you I was trying to ride that average out and I couldn't. So they kept giving me favor and I wasn't meeting and I was still above a three-point, but I wasn't a three point two. So finally they, they gave me two or three times where they kept giving me, okay, come on, you gotta bring it up. You didn't, and then they finally said, David, okay, we're gonna we're cutting you off. And then that last semester. When GM dropped me, the Ford Manufacturing Fellowship picked me up. When my mother and father forsake me, then the Lord will pick me up. Yeah. You got to walk in your own measure. You got to walk the way the Lord is telling you and showing you to walk. All right. We gave you the ABCs of faith. Ask, we talked about, right? Make sure you got some biblical promise, but then you ask. You believe, we said, right? We talked a lot about believing, confessing. We talked about you don't see, you don't wait until you see change to say change. If you never say change, you'll never see change. All right? Now, remember, that's how we get saved. We we believe, and then we confess. With the heart, man believes unto righteousness. With the mouth, confession is made unto the salvation. That's how Abraham did it in Romans chapter four. He believed God, and then he confessed that I'm the father of many nations. Um, The belief in the confession is where you start. You don't start with the doing. There's not enough doing to get you to believing, but there is enough in believing to get you to doing. And if you get that wrong, then you're gonna make you one of them brain machines too. If you, try to, if you try to do stuff that you haven't believed yet, yeah. you're going to mess it up. Yeah. Yeah. Pastor David, why are you saying this? Because some people think that, like, okay, I'm believing God. I, I want to get my eyes healed. And I hear somebody, they broke their glasses. And then we think we can break our glasses. But they, have, they may have worked their faith up to the point where they don't need their glasses, but you still need yours. Right. They're trying to make an action, make the faith, when it doesn't start that way. You start with the believing and confessing and then God will tell you the action that goes with the thing you've been believing and confessing. Do not get that wrong or you're going to mess up and then you're going to blame God and you're going to blame your preacher in Jesus name. So let's not do that. All right. Demonstrate is, um, is the next step. Faith without works is dead. All right. Don't, don't try to rush the action beyond your true belief. If you believe him for healing, the action could be to just take healing com- communion every day. He may give you an action that simple. You're going to take communion and confess your healing on a day-to-day basis. If you're in a point where the devil's telling you that you're going to die, you may have to wake up in the middle of the night. The action may be when the devil wakes you up in the middle of the night telling you he's going to kill you, then I'm going to have these healing scriptures next to my bed, and I'm going to read these things until I can calm down and go back to sleep. That may be the only action you can take right now. Now, you may have to take that action and then, you know, go back and take your medicine. Well, keep taking your medicine. The medicine mainly deals with the symptoms anyway. God's the healer. That's right. That's right. That's right. Don't say you. I I'm, I'm not taking. See, that's why I hate when people. I'm I'm not going to the doctors because I'm believing I'm healed. That's dumb. You gonna get to heaven before your time. Okay, get the information. All right. Then we talked about enduring inspect expectantly right we say that there that there's a time when you have to stay in the patient zone and we all have to go through there right we talked about forgiving right that you have to forgive um and that's an important point and you got you can't con God listen don't you can't be mad at people you got to get over it whatever the it is all of us have some it's all of us have some people that we got to get over so get over it and them Whoever yo them is, get over them. Whatever yo it is, get over it. All right. Last week we talked about glorifying God. Um, I had a story that I wanted to tell you about about glorifying God, and uh, uh, since since my nephew Darius is here, I'm, and I didn't do it last week, I'm gonna do it for his benefit as well as yours. Okay. Um, you know, last week uh, Michigan beat Michigan State. Y'all didn't know that, didn't you? And so i wore some i wore some blue and gold and um last week and i did a little bit today just because we can and i just wanted to tell y'all you know because part of glorifying god is you praise god in advance and when i was taking uh ruby down to um to michigan and was going through orientation um the guy there said, you know, um, Michigan's theme song is different than other schools because all of them talk about fight, fight, fight team, fight. Michigan starts out with the victory. Hail to the victors. We don't start out with the fight. We don't fight for victory, we fight from victory. (laughs) Yes, Brother Darius, that's for you. Hallelujah, praise the Lord. So you glorify God as if it's already done, because that's what Abraham did. Yeah, that's why. That's why a person in faith, we shouldn't. The praise team don't have to pump you up, baby. They don't have to pump you up. You came in. You coming in, glorifying God, cause you you working on something. So you praising God like it's already done, and you yeah, hey, 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 they. You, you, but you tell him y'all need to get out of my way because I got some praise on going on up in here. All right? You glorify God. You praise him in advance. And yes, Darius, hail to the victors. Hallelujah. All right. All right. All right. This is our final one. We're almost done. Just a few scriptures here on Holy Living. All right? James chapter 4, 1 through 10. If you're going to be in the faith process, some people think that they can because god saved them without works that they don't have to work or that they don't have to change their behavior and then you see all of this stuff and people wonder why do people who have these big ministries nut up and do stupid stuff because they don't realize that this is also a part of the process james chapter 4 1 through 10 where do wars and fights come from Do they not come from your desires for pleasure that war in your members? You lust and do not have. You murder and covet and cannot obtain. You fight and war, yet you do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your pleasures. Pause here for a second. Listen, um, the why of your faith process is as important as the what the why of your faith process is as important as the what you know um i can remember a time when um i was experiencing work challenges and i had gone by he wasn't then bishop he was elder ben he was here in the city of flint and um and he 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 had (laughs) he had me sit in the corner he said david i'm gonna ask you uh, a question and i need you to why do you want God to get you out of this situation? And then he made me sit in the corner and think about it before I came back to him and give an answer. I'm thinking to myself, cause I need God to hook a brother up. I mean, why do we need to talk about this? And uh, I gave the wrong answer. And uh, Cause I was just thinking about me. He's like, no man, it's not because of you, because you want to give God glory in your situation. And you want to have the victory that, that the victory that he gives you be for his glory, not just for your own benefit. From that point on, I understood that everything I do in my life is for God's benefit and not my own. Now, I didn't say I didn't get no benefit from it, but the primary reason is not to consume it on my own pleasures. God, I want you to prosper me so I can go back and show to all those people and tell them, see, I told you. See, you got the wrong motive. All the people that was hating on me, I want to drive by them and say, how you like me now? <laughs> That's the wrong motive. Okay? Just makes it. See, 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 now that wasn't even a bunch of, you did a bunch of dirty sins. Your motive is wrong, and God's grading that. And he says that that's a miss. You're going to miss if your motives are not right. All right? Verse 4, adulterers and adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever, therefore, wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or do you think the scripture says in vain, the spirit that dwells in us yearns jealousy? Let's stop there for a second. Okay, so I have to be, listen, listen. I'm not one of these people that says we stay in church and we treat the church like a monastery and we are disconnected from the world. But there there has to be certain boundaries of things that you can and cannot do. Like I, I, I told you, I go to bars when I'm doing with business people, but there are certain things I don't do. And they know I don't do. I, there's a certain standard that I have to be willing to live with some tension between me and them, right? Because if I get too close to them, then God gonna be over there like, like I'm holding out on him as if I was hoeing out on Nedra. So I got to be careful. That I don't let myself get too close and too comfortable in stuff that God's not un, that that God's not comfortable with, to make them feel comfortable. Yeah, right. I got to be sure that I'm, you know, that's now. See, this is holy living. Holy living is isn't about not wearing makeup. You know, what I'm saying they thought you if you was ugly you was holy. Yeah. That's not. That's not it. Okay? There is a class of church. I'm just saying. <laughs> Me and Brother Jonathan was talking about it. There was a certain church. I can look at some people and know that they go to a certain kind of church. I can look at their women. See what they're wearing. They got the little dolly on there. I can know. Now, I am mad at them. They're living right. I'm not saying that they, but, but see, they've made it an external thing. Okay, and so, but but this is talking about being too close to the world. Sometimes we got too free, so then we do we just feel like because Jesus paid it all, all to him we owe, we don't have to have no standard. Okay, so this scripture says that your faith won't work. You are ask and miss if your motives aren't right, and if you're too close to the world. All right, and it says that the spirit gets jealous. I don't want to make the Holy Spirit jealous because I spend more time making the devil feel comfortable than I do making God feel comfortable with me. Ah, that's kind of tough, isn't it? But that's what that said, isn't it? All right. Verse six, but he gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Okay, so I got to submit to do the resisting. If I'm not in line with God, I can't push back the force of the devil in my life. You know, I got a a good friend of mine, And he has gotten a God said that you're supposed to be here and do this. He wants to be there and do that, but get the blessing if he was here doing this. That's not how that works. You have to humble yourself and submit to God to have the power to resist the devil. All right? Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. He's not talking about worldly people. He's talking about believers that's got their hands too close to stuff that God don't like. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. And, uh uh-oh, it's not even the external stuff. Purify your heart, you devil-minded. He's saying, you know, if I'm in here doing all of the right stuff but my mind is out there, I can also be in trouble. Right? Right? The elder brother with the prodigal son was he was in the house doing all the right things, but he was wishing he was out there with little brother who was having parties in the hood and in the street. where it was making it rain on him in the strip club. He was doing the right stuff, but his mind was still out someplace else. You see, God, man looks at just outward appearance, but God's looking at your heart. Lament and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Not, not mourning because you got to be me and sorry to be saved. He's saying if there is heart issues, you got to deal with that stuff. And you need to cry out to God until your heart get right. Because if your heart getting right, nothing else is going to be right. Verse 10, humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you up, all right? Humble yourself. If you get your insides right, align with God, and then from an inside that's right with God, get your actions right with God to the point where you put distance between you and the world, you get your motives right, the why of what you're doing, what you're doing, then faith works. If that doesn't work, it won't work. All right, 2 Peter, we're going to read chapter 2, verses 4 through 9. This is our last scripture, and then we're done. Did you get something out of this? Now, Now, everybody know you need to live right, so that's not new news. All right, I just want to put a fine point on the nuances of it so that you could see, you know, you might say, yeah, I got that already taken care of, and God got an issue with you. So I just want to make sure I ask the question and let the Holy Ghost start to do the work with you. And if he's bringing stuff up that he wants you to deal with, then whatever he's bringing up, you better deal with or the rest of it will not work for you. Second Peter 2, chapter, second chapter, verses four through nine. For if God did not spare the angels who sinned, angels holy who sinned, but reserve them down to but cast them down to hell and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved for judgment and did not spare the ancient world, but saved Noah, one of eight people, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood on the world of the ungodly And and turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them to destruction, making them an example to those who afterward would live ungodly and delivered righteous lot, in the King James, that word righteous there is translated just lot, because righteous and just are equivalent, who was oppressed, or the King James says, vexed by the filthy conduct of the wicked. For this righteous man, just man dwelling among them, tormented his righteous soul from day to day by seeing and hearing their lawless deeds. Then the Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptations and to reserve the unjust under punishment for the day of judgment. Now, this is an important passage of scripture. I'm going to be dealing with this one again. If you're in our Tuesday um, scenario, this is a a scripture that you're going to see again. Okay, because there are some very important points in this. The thing that we're going to deal with is how God, uh, we're gonna look at this man called Lot. We spent a lot of time looking at Abraham when we talk about faith, but we also need to look at Lot. Now we will talk about how he got delivered out of Sodom and Gomorrah, the place where the fire rains down, right? Um, But today this scripture tells us some things that we want to know about Lot. First of all, we see that Lot is righteous. Lot is righteous, um, or the word there "righteous" is the same word other places transfer, translated "just" or "justified." Bishop Thompson would say it this way: God justifies you; He treats you just as if I had never sinned. anybody ever heard it talked about justified being righteous like that? So this scripture says that Lot was just. All right. Um, But the scripture says something different about God and Abraham. The scripture tells us that God is not only just, that God is faithful and just. Faithful and just. Now, I have a definition of what faithfulness is. All right. The brothers heard this yesterday. Faithfulness is enforced obedience to a critical principle long after the thrill of initiation has gone and even longer before the desired results have come. That's a good definition. Faithfulness says that I stick with the principle, right? They, remember in the parable of the sower, they received the word and with joy, they received it. All right? So there's a thrill that happens when you start the process. But after a while that thrill goes away and you still got to be faithful. right? So the first part of it is you stay you stay in obedience after that thrill has passed, long after it has passed, and long before manifestation has come. That's the middle part where people give up. When the thrill is gone, then some of them get gone too. They don't don't want to stay with it after the thrill has left and before manifestation shows up. That's the middle in between. That's that mean time in between time, right? So put that definition up one more time. Faithfulness is enforced obedience to to a critical principle long after the thrill of initiation has gone and even longer before the desired results have come. Right? So when we talk about holy living, you're going to have to be faithful to God, right? Some people are forgiven but not faithful. They're forgiven, and because they're forgiven, they are righteous or just. But God is not only just, he is faithful and just, Right? First John 1 9 says, God is faithful and just. You can put it back on me now. I just want to make sure everybody got the thing. He is faithful and just. God is faithful and just. But hold it. Those that be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham, Galatians 3 9. So Abraham is faithful. And according to Romans 4, he's also just. So God is faithful and just. Abraham is faithful and just. Lot is not faithful and just. Lot is just just. Got it? God is faithful and just. Abraham is faithful and just. Lot's not faithful. He's just just. Some people are forgiven but not faithful. If To be a holy living person, you can't just be forgiven. You need to be faithful. All right? You're going to have to listen. Now, you don't want me just faithful when I'm in her face. She can't trust me to go on the road. I, went, I was in Chicago in a room by myself. She don't need me faithful when she can just see me. Well, I don't want a husband. She, I got to be with him or he can't control himself. Stop it. That's dumb. Dumb. I couldn't do it because I wasn't with her, and so I couldn't control myself. Stop it. But God don't want that either. That's why He says, adulterers and adulteresses. He don't want you faithful. I can't be too close. When I'm with them, then I, I just lose control of myself. Stop it. God wants you to be faithful. He wants me to be faithful. You understand? And that's what he's right. Now, now, that's not super deep. You know, you don't need some these and thou, some Hebrew and some Greek to understand that. He wants you to be faithful. But if that isn't right, the whole thing falls apart. Let's stand. Did the Lord bless you today? Hallelujah. God is so good to us. We are so grateful that He has given us this time in this place together. I don't know about you, but this kind of this kind of message, even though it's not "quote unquote" deep per se, it's so important. It's very, it, it forces it forces introspection. I have to examine myself. Right, when I laughed at their joke, God, were you laughing with me? Or did I make you jealous? I don't know about you, but I've been in places where I knew people were trying to get me off of my standard because the way I was living was making them uncomfortable. You know what I'm talking about? It don't take all of that. And they're just trying to get me to violate my standard. But when I violated my standard, me and God got out of sorts. And then they were like, man, I never thought I would get you to. But you was trying all along. See, then I have to go back and deal with God because then I committed spiritual adultery. That's what the scripture calls it. To make them feel comfortable, I violated my relationship with God. You're going to have to, because you, he, he said, don't pray. He said, he, Jesus said, John 17, I'm not praying that you take them out of the world. Church is not a monastery. He says, but I'm just praying that you keep them from the evil of the world. You, you keep them in the midst of that world situation. You keep them living, right? That's the thing we're, I'm not telling my kids they can't go out and do something. They can't be in the world. You can only work for a Christian business, stop that. But I got. they got to know that there's a standard. They got to have some yeses and some noes. There's some boundaries I don't cross. You get to a certain point, they will tell you, I have my boss, I'm about to tell something, David, I know you're going to have a problem with it. Yeah. You know, I got standards and I'm not violate them for you or nobody. Or it gave me, had, a had a very difficult conversation w- with a leader of mine who is a believer. But there were some places he's a little too close to the world, and um, when I had to tell him, I mean, you know, that's a very uncomfortable conversation that can affect how you start to grade me and pay me and all these other things. But I'm gonna tell you, and he was he was saying. You know, I'm, I'm glad you did it. He said, I only have a few people in my life that'll just tell me what I need to hear, not what I want to hear. He said, I'm so glad you did. Uh, he said, and you should feel free to do it. Um, I know I was uncomfortable, but I was gonna do it anyway. And um, he said, "He said, I'm, I, you know, I'm glad you did it, you know, um, and, I, and uh, I'm glad you're willing to do it, um, but and feel free to do it. I said, listen, I mean, I'm thinking to myself, you know, whether or not you took it or not, I might not have been happy with it, but I was going to do it because I'm not going to be your friend and God's enemy. And you got to be willing and be able to say, you're going to be God's friend, regardless of who else likes it or hates it. I'm not going to lose my friendship with God by being friends with you. All right, praise the Lord, everybody. Hallelujah, thank God for you being here with us. We certainly um, hope that uh, you were blessed. We're going to go through our time and then I'm gonna come back and deal with those that are watching with us. Remember, God has an amazing plan for each and every one of us, a plan that he put in front in our lives before the world began, before any thought, habit, mistake or misfortune overtook our lives. So often we want to, get our, right, our lives right with God, get our lives right and then come to God, the reality is you don't get your life right first, so you have to come to God. And in a process of walking with God, then He helps you to get things right. So while our heads are bowed, eyes are closed, believers praying, if you'd like to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, it's very, very simple. You have to simply believe that Jesus came, that He died, that He rose again for your sins, and then ask Him to be the Lord of your life. Lord is not his name, it's the title. Landlord is not their name, it just means it's their property. And that you're running that property according to the agreement. And the agreement that we have with God is the word of God. Right? So if that's you, and you you believe in God, and you want to um, receive him as your Lord and Savior, would you just show me that by raising your hands in Jesus' name? We'll see your hand in Jesus' name. you will see your hands. Put your hand down. All right? Second uh, appeal is... Uh, maybe you're not an unbeliever, but you've allowed hurts, hindrances, and habits to get in the way. Or the Lord's really dealt with you. Maybe you saw something in the Lord Listen, listen. You don't need to feel bad if the Lord dealt with you on something today, right? That's a good thing. That means your conscience is not seared, all right. But you, even though you don't need to feel condemned you should be convicted. And those two are not the same thing. Conviction says I'm gonna do right. Condemned says there's no hope, all right? But if the Lord is dealing with you about something um, in the word today, you're asking, you're saying, Lord, I see this, got it wrong. I'm, I'm asking you to cleanse me and, and I'm com- committing to you to get it right from this point forward. If that's you, raise your hand. I'm just, thank you, thank you, I see your hand. Listen, listen, This is this is, that's a good thing, all right? God is dealing with you. all. That means your conscience can still, the Holy Spirit can still talk to you. Never, 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 never. Um, never let those things take you from God, right? Adam ran from God because he was condemned. We run to God when we see issues, because this is the time when you can get it right. Third appeal is, you know, you're a believer. Um, but you, re- you believe in God to receive this thing called the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Sometimes we're believers, but we just haven't had the empowerment that we need. And there is a second work of empowerment that comes. Some people call it a sanctification, some people call it the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Both both are uh, synonymous and okay. Um, but it but it comes with its own language. Heaven has this is its heaven is its own country and it has an own its own language. And the language that heaven speaks not only um gives us coded communications that empower angels to move beyond in our situations beyond our own thought process and that's why that's really important if that's you you are believing god to receive this baptism in the holy spirit just show me that by raising your hand hallelujah praise the lord i see your hand put your hand down and then finally finally i'm asking god to raise up um and send people to be members and part of our kingdom community i'd love to have a conversation with you about Membership at Destiny Generation Church. If you're a believer, uh, you made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. There's a process that we take you through. Um, But the main thing is that you get in the Church of God, which is uh, making Jesus Christ your Lord. But then we also want you to fellowship with a local church as well. And that's what we want to talk to you about. That's you. You're interested in understanding some things about church membership. Raise your hand and we'll talk to you when service is over. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. All right. All right, so let's pray, and all the saints are praying together. Say this with me, Heavenly Father, I come to receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus. I believe God raised you from the dead just for me. Thank you for receiving me into your royal family. Heavenly Father, I'm asking you as your child to fill me with your precious Holy Spirit. I believe I receive it. And I fully expect to speak with other tongues as your spirit gives me utterance. Heavenly Father, I thank you that I'm unleashing the increase of faith. You have given me the measure of faith. Now, I take my measure and I work it in my own life. Up to and including living a holy life that is faithful to you to live a life that is pleasing to you. Check my motives, check my actions, check my associations. Holy Spirit, convince me, convict me of anything you don't like in my life so that I can get it right while I'm still here. Thank you for it now, in Jesus' name, amen. Go ahead. praise the Lord, hallelujah. We'll let Lady Nedra come and she can do the announcements, hallelujah. I'll let you greet the people out with announcements. Be seated, saints. Amen, amen. We thank you for that word, pastor. It's a mighty word of faith that we have to live out the holiness that you uh, required of us and at this time we will have our destiny generation announcements